Can the Eagles make it six in a row? They're going to host a familiar foe on Saturday, and we have Sam Jesse of Sons of Saturday here to talk about the Hokies. You're going to want to hear his thoughts on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I cannot wait to talk about the Hokies today because I think this is going to be a fun episode. Um, with, with a familiar foe, as I said, to, to kick this off, a Big East foe, a team that BC had as a permanent rival. We're going to be talking Virginia Tech and BC. With me, I have Sam Jesse of Sons of Saturday. How are we doing, Sam? Doing well, man. Great. So, thanks for having me on. Four, yeah, of course. Sitting at four and four. How has the season gone so far for the Hokies, and how would you kind of grade out how things have been? Uh, I believe I think it's four and five now, but oh, thank you. Five. That's very flattering. Um, <laughs> Look, this has been a an interesting year, too. It started off really rocky. You had three straight non-conference losses to teams that, you know, quite frankly, I think the Hokies would like to have at least beaten two of them in Purdue and Marshall. And then all of a sudden, you play Pittsburgh at home, and it's a completely different playbook. Kyron Drones comes in, and he looks like the guy at quarterback. And since then, it's been a different season. You had tough road games against Florida State and Louisville, who are two very good football teams. But in there, you also have three pretty dominant wins against ACC foes. We haven't seen that in Blacksburg for a few years. So it's been kind of an up-and-down season. But I think at the end of the day, this is about where Virginia Tech fans thought this team would be, not with a chance to win two out of three and make a bowl game in Brent Price's second year. And yeah, so talk about Kyron Drones. Like, you know, you started the season off with Grant Wells, who BC fans saw last year in a in a, in a tough game for the Eagles. Drones, what kind? He's a you know Jeff Halfley talked about him today. Called him a big dude. He's a big uh, mobile quarterback with a big arm. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen out of him so far in his first year as a starter? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that jumps off is his size and athleticism is pretty impressive. I mean, he looks big out there. Uh, he runs really hard behind his pads. So he, he's more of a power runner than, you know, say Hendon Hooker or Braxton Burmeister were in the last few years for Virginia Tech. Uh, I think he he looks more like a Gerard Evans for, for Virginia Tech back there at quarterback. He has some issues in the passing game in terms of vision down the field and kind of going through his progressions. But He's still been a better pass than what people thought. That was his big knock when he was being recruited as a four-star out of Houston, Texas, and going to Baylor was that he wasn't a very accurate passer. And quite frankly, that's the reason he didn't get the starting job to start the season. But what we've seen so far, he can really throw the deep ball. He's gotten better and better at timing routes. But I think the most impressive thing about Kyron Jones is he looks very in control. He plays very hard, like I said. 
but he's been able to navigate this offense, get guys in motion, really taking the lead as the team leader. And so I've been very impressed with Kyron drones. Uh, the offense has been much, much better, but not great. Now you're one of the more impressive, um, offensive weapons that you have is a name that I think BC fans all know about it. And if you followed my work on 247 during the offseason, the name Baishal Tutin was a name that a lot of BC fans knew about because he was supposed to come to Boston College. Uh, he, he, you know, everything that I had heard, he was about to be coming. He was, he was hours away from getting on campus and signing with the Eagles. And then Virginia Tech came in and scooped him up. And as I've said on the podcast before, BC ended up okay. They ended up with Kai Robichaux of, um, Western Kentucky, who's been their their big back, but Tootin has been quite the quite the offensive and special teams ace for the Hokies. Can you talk a little bit about what he's done? Yeah, and and Bicheful Tootin is one of those guys who it was a COVID recruit, and he kind of got really under recruited. I don't think they even played high school football in New Jersey his senior year, so he ended up at North Carolina A and T, but. I mean, he is a, like, I would not want to try to tackle this guy. He runs so hard, and he has really good burst. He's much faster than I think a lot of people thought. He's been really good for the Hokies. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, which is big in this offense. But uh, he, he's been very, very good, and he's run well behind a not good offensive line. So he's had to work for every yard he's gotten, but I think the Hokies are very, very lucky to have him. Uh, he's a really fun back to watch play. Now, <clears throat> Talk a little bit about that offensive line. You said they've struggled. What have you seen out of them and and how how bad has it gotten? <laughs> it's not good. Um I don't I don't know how it into advanced stats everyone listening is, but if you look at PFF, uh Virginia Tech's had some of the worst offensive line play in the country, not just in in power five. Um pass protection has been mediocre. Run blocking has been pretty poor. Um, there have been times this year where immediately after the snap, you'll see an offensive lineman just stand up and look for somebody to block. And they have no idea where to go. Um, you have guys trying to be you know, pulling guards, running into the center's butt. You have tackles, not knowing the snap count on passing downs. It's been pretty bad. Now this is the third offensive line coach Virginia Tech has had in three years. And this offensive line is very, very young. And there's not a lot of experience and, quite frankly, not a lot of depth behind them. So um, the number one goal of Brent Pry this offseason will be getting some talent into the offensive line room. Now, I will say they have gotten better as the season has gone on. So that that's credit to uh, Ron Crook, the new offensive line coach, and those young men playing offensive line. But I would still say it's the number one weakness of this team. All right. In a moment, I'm going to talk with Jesse a little bit about the defense. I want to hear more about what they've done. They've got a, a really good defensive line. I think folks are going to want to hear more about that. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about one of our sponsors, Jace Medical. Jace is, sorry, excuse me. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we all have. And today I want to chat a little bit more and be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on antibiotics and all sorts of other medications on Jace. You re you realize what that means? Bring, it, bring on extended travel, bring on the na next natural disaster, supply chain issues. You got it covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you refill your 
generics such as Cialis, Viagra, or other prescriptions. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for the service supply chain cause issues that make made me had to cut my pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kits. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than for local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love would like to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black, and I'm here with uh, Sam Jesse of Sons of Saturday talking about the Hokies. And I think BC fans are getting real fired up about this. Uh, it's another big game for the Eagles as they've turned things around, won five in a row. But this is going to be a tough game for BC. And one of the biggest challenges they're going to face is that Virginia Tech defensive line. Uh, you were mentioning pro football focus, and it's funny, Sam. We talk a little bit about some of their grades up on this podcast uh, weekly, and I was – blown away at how high you had at least like four guys on your defensive line that had grades about 80 above 80. So tell me a little bit about this defensive line and what they bring. So the defensive line is interesting because as a pass rushing unit, they have been elite. One of the best in the country. I believe they're up to like 32 or 33 sacks on the season. Now they've struggled a bit in the run game specifically runs right up the middle. Um, it, it seems, Seems like every big play against the Hokies is just a simple handoff right up the middle. So the defensive tackles have struggled in run defense a little bit, which is surprising because the Hokies had uh, four or five guys returning on the interior of the defensive line that should have been pretty good, just haven't performed well this year. But the defensive ends have been really good in the pass rush. And I think that's, if I were to say the strength of the Virginia Tech team, it's the passing defense. And it starts with the guys up front. Antoine Powell Ryland is uh, another 757 kid transferred into Virginia tech. Uh, he's been one of the best pass rushing defensive ends in the country. They also have Nebraska chance for full Darius Payne, another seven, five, seven guy that transferred in. Who's probably been their best defensive tackle this year. So uh, the defensive line, again, like most of the Virginia tech team has had its moments of really good and had some moments of really bad. And you know, you're you're facing against a quarterback like Thomas Castellanos and it looks and we'll talk about I'll talk about it in the final segment, like some of the running backs are going to come back. You mentioned that they struggle against the run. You know, how are the linebackers looking? That's obviously something that when you're trying to get a good run defense going is is crucial. How are, how are what are we seeing out of the Virginia Tech linebackers? You know, I I think when this unit plays with speed and they're not thinking too much. They're a pretty good unit of linebackers. Kelly Lawson is a physical freak uh, who has NFL potential. Alan Tizel is a guy who's been in college for a while and, and, you know, is a pretty good player. But their issue has been mental. It's filling the wrong gaps, uh, slow to attack the ball. It, it really does seem like this team's biggest issue is just getting into position to make plays. And that's been the linebackers issue. And it's led to a lot of really big runs by the opposing team. Now I will say they have been very good in pass coverage as well as a linebacking group. Uh, Kelly Lawson has an interception should probably have three or four interceptions on the year. And I think they're really good defending the outside run. They have a lot of speed, uh, but 
getting in position to make plays. Gotcha. We, I think you're cutting out there for a second there, but um, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about Brent Pry himself. This is year, you know, this is a big year for him in terms of like how he at this point in his uh, journey in Virginia Tech. I, I've I've seen him on hot seat lists. I've seen him, uh, you know, th- as you mentioned, th- feel the feeling like things have turned around at this point in the season. Where is he at? Are fans, you know, more behind him now, or is it still kind of skeptical about how things are going? You know, I think he's a really good fit for Virginia Tech as a person. And I think as a coach, he is a decent fit for Virginia Tech. I think he's not anywhere near the hot seat right now. He's proven that he has a system, he's building a good culture, and he's recruiting pretty well. Uh, Brent Pry's issue is he brought on a lot of very young and experienced coaches, especially as offensive and defensive coordinators who had never been coordinators at the power five level or even the college level before. And that kind of came to bite him in the butt early and especially last year. And then the beginning of this year, it seems like they're starting to figure things out. Uh, I, I think the, the general consensus on Brent Pry is he's the guy for Virginia tech going forward. There might need to be some positional coach changes going forward in the next, uh, maybe in this off season, maybe next off season. But overall, I think Brent Pride bought himself another two or three years of time to get Virginia Tech back to where they need to be. And I have one more. This is just a random question for you. Now with the Love new it. scheduling system, it actually ended this year. BC and Virginia Tech are no longer protected rivals. How do you feel? I know a lot. I see a lot of Virginia Tech fans they say on Twitter and things like that saying, thank God this is ending. We have nothing really in common with BC. Why are we doing this? I personally am kind of in the same ballpark. I, no, that, it's not anything against Virginia Tech. I mean, I was at BC when they played in 2007, 2008 in the ACC championship. But those are years are long away. How do you feel that it's finally gone? That we, it, we're back to because playing each other, you know, like every other ACC program. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to talk about this plenty on, on my show, Behind Enemy Lines, that we're about to hop on. I, I think it's good for both schools to kind of move on. And my reasoning for that is, again, like you said, these are two universities close. And I I think it's just like, I want to play the other teams. It's not as much to do with Boston College. It's, you know, Virginia Tech hasn't gotten to play North Carolina State as much. And that's a very similar school that's about three hours from each other. And all the alumni live in the same cities. You know, Virginia Tech hasn't gotten to play uh, Louisville very much at all. And Virginia Tech's the closest ACC school to Louisville. I feel like they've had missed opportunities because they've played Boston College. Now, in terms of on the field, um, Virginia Tech hasn't had great luck in Boston over you know, the past, gee, I don't know, like three decades. Um, it is at Boston as a city has been a house of horrors for Virginia tech sports, but so I think that plays into it a little bit, but I think for the most part, it's more about wanting to play the other schools as opposed to, I wouldn't say the word rivalry, but it's one of those games that you really want to win because you know, you're going to play them all the time. 
All right, I'm gonna we're gonna uh, end this conversation here, and you guys can check me out. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on their podcast in just a couple of minutes. Uh, where can they find your work, Sam? So for me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at Sam of Saturday. I work with the Sons of Saturday, uh, specifically Sons of Saturday VT. And you can follow us at Sons of Sat VT. We are in the full swing of both football women's basketball and men's basketball. We have a ton of content and we do a lot of work with other ACC schools. Um, we have, you know, podcasts with uh, Pittsburgh, UVA, Notre Dame, who's a pseudo ACC school. So we like to talk about all the other teams as well. So you can hit us up at sons of sat on VT on Twitter. Also check out our YouTube page. We have a lot of cool stuff on there as well. All right. Thank you, Sam. And we'll talk to you guys again soon and uh, have a great weekend. Now, in a moment, I'm going to start talking about uh, a big injury update for BC that's heading into Saturday's game. You're not going to want to miss what Jeff Halfley had to say and my thoughts about what's going on there. So prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play during basketball season two. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. For example, I can pick Jason Tatum and um, Travis Kelsey at a combo of ten and a half three points made and receptions. Want to play alongside some prize pick favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can find them under community plays. I love it because it's so easy and your winnings get paid out immediately. You can turn $10 and $250 with just a few taps. So Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits in your account in this football season. And so what you need to do, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrapping things up, this is Locked on BC, AJ Black. And we are talking about Saturday's game. It was great having um, Je- Sam Jesse on. I, I know his his uh, he had a couple of moments where he was cutting in and out. I apologize about that. Um, but it good, gave you a good idea about this weekend. And it seems like it's going to be a lot of running going on for both teams. And BC's running attack got it sounds like it's going to get a big boost this weekend. As Jeff Halfley talked, and he sounded very positive in his comments. He said about um, Pat Garwo. And not Pat Carl, he's out for the season, excuse me. Alex Broom and Kai Robichaux. Jeez. Yeah, the guy that's out for the year is not, he's not coming back. Um, but Kai Robichaux and Alex Broom should be available to play. It sounds like he, they're going to be good to go. That's going to be a big boost for that running game. I mean, just a couple of days ago, we're like, well, is Andre Hines going to play? We're going to play Xavier Coleman. Uh, is Cam Barfield going to play? You need, you, you're, you're going to get your A1 and 2 one in two, one a and one B back. And that's important. Um, but it sounds like they're not going to be hundred percent. So you're going to get Kai show, but you're not going to have Kai show just running over and over and over again. You're going to see other guys coming in to spell him. And Halfley said someone like Cameron Barfield or Andre Hines, who, who he's, he's talked about in, my God, the media can't stop talking about that three, three or four rushes he had. They're, they're, they're on to the third media day of talking about Andre Hines. Great story. I think it's just a lot of that right now. Um, 
Andre Hines. You're going to see maybe some Xavier Coleman. They're all going to get their chance to, to, to make some plays here. And uh, I think that's big. Now, Sheeta Salah doesn't sound like he's going to be out. He's, I mean, sorry, it sounds like he's going to be out, but does not sound like he's going to be out for the whole year. He Halfway talked about him as he's going to be out this week. Again, halfway with injuries, it's almost impossible. Um, it's almost impossible to tell, you know, one week he says they, they could be, you know, they're, he's hopeful. And then the next week, yeah, they, they broke their ankle. They're gone for the year. You know, something like that. It's like, you, you never know. But I, I feel like it's positive that they have Robichaux and Broom coming back in. Uh, those are all big things. Now, I'm going to wrap things up on this episode. On tomorrow's show, we will have Mitch Wolf here of Eagle Insider to talk about our predictions of this game. We'll give our weekly predictions. I I am having an awful year um, with my, my predictions on the show, and, and I don't think it got any better this week. Um, it, we, but if you have not done so already, I will have – I'm going to just give you a quick promo of what's coming up. Up on Eagle Insider right now, it's 50% off a of VIP subscription. We're going to have BC hockey blogger either. He has a post coming up either tonight or tomorrow morning on a brand new commitment for BC hockey. That's a big one. You're going to want to read that. That's for VIP users. We also, I have talked to BC made uh, six offers to players at Tabor Academy in Massachusetts, Tabor Academy in Massachusetts. I talked to their head coach. I talked to the kids. I got a whole feature coming up on that too. So if you want to know about how Jeff Halfley is doing in local recruiting, this is a great feature. And tomorrow afternoon, we're going to get the visitors list. So if you're dying to see who BC is bringing on campus, I'll have that for you. So VIP, we've got tons of information that you're going to want to know. Plus Mitch is bringing, you know, the, the game previews. There's going to be so much good stuff. Check it out. It's the price of a cup of coffee. Sign up today. What are you waiting for? All right, follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. You can follow the site at LockedOnBC. Hit the like button um, if you're listening on YouTube right now. Subscribe. Do all that good stuff. I love each and every one of you that have made LockedOnBC. All you guys in the comment section. Marty Party. Peter Caruso. You're, Peter Caruso, you're crazy, man. Um, Frankie Russell, who keeps asking me why BC is in the ACC. Are they um, fit, great fit geographically? I don't get why he keeps asking, but I love you for being here. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back again for tomorrow's show. I'll see you all soon. Take care, everyone.